I would like to welcome everyone to the 31st episode of Money Trees. Today's guest is a fellow Renaissance man, creator of culture, manager of musicians, and builder of brands. Out of Portugal, my guy Joao Guerrero is here to chop trees and drop, <laughs> and drop gems. How are you doing today, G? All good, man. All good. Uh, it has been like a, a pretty like normal day today. Uh, I had a little bit of um, like a small meeting uh, with one of my musicians. We are figuring out like the mixing and mastering of a uh, couple of songs for uh, for AP. Um, in the morning, I was working on like clothing production. Uh, like I have a couple of orders that I need to, to figure out. I was like. Um, Basically, seeing uh, like looking for fabrics, um, getting in touch with the factories uh, to get everything like on the go, uh, and later tonight I'll have like uh, a meeting to discuss like an event that I'll have in two weeks. So like a bunch of things going on, nothing like super major, but like a bunch of things that I think will like contribute to the growing of uh, you know like the main projects. For sure, How was your day, G- man. Oh my my day, you know, it's crazy. I'll uh, I actually had I've had quite I've been up since about three AM my time. I went to sleep so early yesterday, had like a crazy migraine. So I am excited to be here chopping with you. I feel so much better than I did last night. I wanna yeah, highlight the fact that you just talked about you were looking at fabrics in the morning, managing your musicians in the middle of the day, and then going right to event planning after stopping by here on Money Trees. As I said, a fellow Renaissance man, in the tweet we have pinned up at the nest, I highlighted that it's rare that you come across somebody who has a drive and passion so similar to your own. And I remember from our first conversation, I realized I was just like, holy crap, man, like what this guy believes in and his approach to his craft and what he wants to accomplish aligns so much with what I do, where I feel like I'm jumping around in all of these different kind of pockets, just depending on, you know, day by day. Like my Monday is going to look completely different than my Tuesday. One thing that when I was over in um, Lisbon, was that two years ago, and I learned this, it's interesting to hear you talk about the factories over there. I didn't realize that Lisbon is like the textile capital of the world. And it's nuts because Ricardo at Contra Coutra is who put me onto that. Is that who you were looking for fabrics with, or is this a separate project? No, it's a separate project. Um, Like I work a lot with Ricardo, uh, but it's more on like uh, media uh, stuff, basically. Um, it was like a, a big part of like my, I, I, I'm not going to say come up because I don't feel like I'm up yet, uh, but like the, basically the beginning of my career, um, because like Ricardo's project is all about like, uh, brand partnerships is all about like events, um, photo shoots, uh, promotion, like content, um, and all of that. And the, um, the part of basically the, the factory is the part of like making clothing. Um, it came to me in the beginning because like my first step into this world was to make like a, a brand like I did I made like a brand when I was getting out of university um, like I had big goals for it um, and with the time I came to to know that like I hadn't become who I had to become to be in that position um, so like I, I had my project but there was like a lot that I had to learn um, about the industry, a lot that I had to learn about arts, about like the avant-garde and the couture world, let's say it like that. 
but it was like a good first step um, and that led me later to work like in a, in a store that was curated for the niche that I wanted that led me to um, meet people in that store for example photographers that were um, that had like a lot of fol- followers that were like kind of a big deal at the time um, that I had the chance to to be an assistant to um, that later uh, like became my friends that later knew that I had a brand and when they wanted to do like clothes themselves when they had like friends that wanted to make clothes um, they started like bringing those people to me uh, because they knew that I already have done like uh, clothing production for my own brand before like the quality was good uh, and everything so they started like bringing me clients and at that point um, I started like a, a basically a side business um, of receiving orders from people all, all over the world um, basically that wanted to to produce their brand in Portugal and there is like a a big gap between the clients and the factories a lot of the, cl- the factories don't speak English at all um, a lot of the factories are not like easy to search on Google or anything they are kind of like smaller businesses that don't really promote themselves so if you know uh, where they are if you know they are on that they work you can basically be like a, a middleman for a bunch of different people it's like an area that lacks a lot of um, disconnection and if you can make this connection you can create value to others and that's like how these basically side business work um, with Ricardo it was like a, a separate thing um, I met him at the same time um, and it, it for me was great because it was like a compliment to it on one side I was learning about like product I was learning about like the process of manufacturing like all that part um, and by working with Ricardo I was learning like the the opposite side of the of the fashion world basically that was like all about the image all about the the branding all about the like the campaigns um, and how you communicate like every everything um, yeah um, that was done by your brand so I felt like having like these two experiences at the same time was um, basically a great compliment to each other you know um, I would agree yeah uh, I feel like my my advantage from from all of this is getting like a a full picture of of an industry you know um you get everything from the, the the ideas and the concepts to the production of of those ideas and those concepts to the communication of them to the to the consumer and then to the relationship of the um, of the brand with the stores and the stores with the consumers um that i got from working like in the store while i was doing like both of these things fortunately like these two side businesses became like strong enough for me to be able to to quit that job, basically. G, you touched on so many fire points in there. Um, I, I will say one thing that you actually just reminded me of when you mentioned the fact that you had these friends that had really ill brands and you were connecting, uh, and even the factory side of that. Your English is much better than uh, <laughs> much better than my Portuguese or my French, so I'm going to. Try to not butcher this, but um, Ami Etranja's uh, foreign friends, mm-hmm. Hasib's brand. And yeah. that was wild because I met Hasib kind of completely separately. And I saw that you guys knew each other. And I love his brand. 
stands for a lot of just the uh, elements that you were highlighting where he has a lot of, well, I don't even know, maybe you were the one who was connecting him with the factories, but I know that he had a lot of direct relationships out there. And then um, the other store, Template in Lisbon. Yeah. yeah, like loved going there and seeing that experience. Um, I'm. It's really interesting to hear you say that these factories don't really have an online presence because that's even like a Web2 side of it. So I can't even imagine that they're even thinking about what blockchain or what crypto can do for them at all. Portugal yeah. is a crypto tax haven. Have you thought about what that might look like with being able to bridge the gap from these companies and knowing that like, you know, Portugal is trying very, very hard to bring uh, – crypto dollars into the country yeah for the factories i think that's like a very far um from happening because like to be honest most of them are are run like they are mostly in small villages uh most of them are run by like i don't know like older people um a lot of them are like family businesses like the way that they do things is like very traditional let's put it like that um like there is like a lot of advantages for for crypto in portugal uh but from the factory side i feel like they are behind like culturally in in a lot of aspects like for them to catch up to the point where uh they get into into crypto i don't know like maybe like a first step would be like accepting like payments in in cryptocurrencies that i i could see happening depending on like the people who are running them um but like going further than them than that i i think it's very difficult but do you have do you have like anything in mind um when you said that like you want well, you you know a lot of crypto like you know crypto a lot better than me to be honest yeah it's it's interesting so we'll definitely talk more offline and i'll send you some resources but what immediately comes to mind for me is supply chain right and i don't know how these factories work in particular but i understand just factories and distribution at a top or like a higher level and blockchain can dramatic it can um what's the word i want to say i don't say radically but it can improve the efficiency of factories and their ability to track from uh, like initial sourcing to final distribution and being able to improve, you know, that efficiency allows you to scale further. And thinking about all of these businesses and thinking about you being this middleman, if you're able to build the scaling solution for these factories to a point where they don't even necessarily need to know that it's blockchain, they just know that their system has been improved, it becomes pretty interesting. So Definitely offline. I'll send you some of those resources, but I'm not 100% sure on how that works as a whole, but I know it's things like, I'll give you an example. Let's say you're a big box retailer, like a Walmart, right? And they sell a lot of different things in their store and they have a batch of chicken or a batch of fruit that goes bad. Normally you would have to recall a you know you have to recall a large portion of your supply but with blockchain you're able to pinpoint where it went wrong where you know the outbreak happened at and you can minimize the damage on a um on a recall and it's little things like that where you can improve the efficiency and i'm not super familiar with how that would work there but just wanted to know if you had given any thought to that at all because i think that you're in a very unique position um i would also argue though that or i would I would agree with you where you say culturally it's going to take a lot because when I was out there in Lisbon, I was very, very surprised how 
you know, maybe the word is content, but people lived a life that they knew. There was no rush um, to like be adopting all of these new technologies. I felt like everything was very affordable. And that's also kind of an issue right now with blockchain, as we see with like adoption in Africa, where the living wage in Portugal isn't extremely high. So to get people on these more expensive chains and it's not as um, it's not as simple of a solution. But I do think that – well, actually, here, let me ask you this question. Which blockchains are you personally familiar with? Oof. Um, like I personally have crypto. Um, yeah, and, and it's, so some of them. Let, yeah, let me also say one thing here too. Like money okay. trees, it's not expecting like – expert like you're, you're, i'm not expecting <laughs> anything from you know real talk g the whole point of this is that i think you're fire right the what you what you explained earlier i'm going to clip your approach to your work your approach to you know creating culture and cultivating it from a brand side and then also from the actual like material and sourcing side is very very important and there are people who are going to relate to that right we have many fire conversations over the last, you know, couple of year, oh, a couple of months really, but like I'd say it's been like a year and change, almost two years since we've known each other. And these conversations would also help people that are in similar spaces as you. Where ideally there's someone that's in Portugal that has similar interests uh, as you and is looking to figure out how they can kind of break into the space. And we just explore some of these ideas, right? So I'm not expecting you to be an expert in any of that. That's my preface. Um, so when I talk about different blockchains, right, there's like Ethereum or Solana and Tezos, and these are all different networks that have their own kind of benefits to them. Yeah. So again, I'm going to put together and we'll make sure we do this just as offline because it's a bit more technical, but we'll go over some of the options there and just see if there's anybody thinking about solutions like that in the space. This is such a small, um, community will say like web three as a whole like there's just not a lot of people globally really involved like even people that own cryptocurrency cryptocurrencies you know i was buying um ethereum and bitcoin well i was buying bitcoin in 2014 and it's taken six years past that for me to get heavily involved in the space so when we think about some of these more practical applications that aren't just currency we're still very very early in it and it's just interesting to start exploring it and start getting our minds wrapped around like, okay, well, what can I be building? You know, you could end up being one of the illest crypto connoisseurs in the, in Portugal. And that's a, that's an interesting thought, man, because you already have a lot of these relationships and then it's to start getting your brain wrapped around like, okay, how the hell can I get these people interested in and even for me i won't necessarily have the answer but the idea is yo we're recording this on money trees somebody else is going to hear this and somebody else might say yo i gotta tap in with him because he has these relationships with the factories and i have a solution that i can provide for them and that becomes like the big overreaching goal of um, like what i aim to achieve with these money trees so i'm gonna reel it in a little bit because i don't want to get us get us getting i don't want us getting too caught up on the um, specifics, because I don't think either one of us know exactly the way to move forward. I think we can both agree there is an opportunity there. And one of the seeds we'll plant today is let's explore how the blockchain can potentially aid you on the factory and sourcing side. And I'll make sure that I keep an eye to that. And also, same thing for you, like now that you know that that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, right. uh, fine. For, for me, like regarding 
blockchain, the things that I had in mind, like the things that I know and have so far, it's like a bunch of currencies. Like I have a bit of Ethereum, a bit of Bitcoin, and a bit of like other small coins. But I've added them since like 2015, I think, uh, something around that time. Um, but yeah, it's just something that I bought to hold. Uh, but recently, like, um, as, as I told you before, like, uh, one of my my first projects, like, leaving university was, like, the, the starting of a brand, a brand that I then basically put in, in pause. So it's not, um, like, I didn't continue it. Uh, but it's something that I want to, to go back to in the future. Um, and it's something that I'm actually working on, like, currently. I'm basically doing samples uh, for the brand. I'll, I decided that I'll take, like, this entire year um, regarding, like, the process of the brand just to make samples just to get like the perfect sample of each of the products that I want to release first, like in the first year or year and a half, I want to give myself like a, a time advantage, you know, so I don't have to to be rushing to make new products and I have like a, a time a time period of like one year where I have like everything already prepared. Um, but regarding the brand, there was also like a component and it was like brought up by my partner in the brand. Um, that was like the... Um, basically the possibility of making like the products that we are making now to make them exist in like the the virtual world and the way the, this would work would have to be like integrated with uh, um with uh, basically the meta universes um right now like i know that all the meta universes are not like connected with each other so basically each one has like their own way of working their own aesthetic and everything but I think there there was like an effort to basically connect everything so that like the items that you hold in one place you can hold in in the other, and at the time that that happens, uh, we would like to, to have like our products is, exist in the in the online world as well at the same time. So you would buy like a t-shirt or a jacket or like a pair of pants, and you would have like that same item, um, like in the virtually in yeah. the metaverse, yeah. Yo, um, I have a um, – my phone, not to cut you off, but I wanted to add just one thing in before I forget. So I'm definitely going to tap you in with my guys at Muse, M-U-S-E. <clears throat> Excuse mm-hmm. me. You saw the video that we did for Now You Wanna with 11 Lights with the lyric video. Yeah, yeah. They have um, – they're a free online world builder, right? And so this doesn't have to be anything you necessarily wait on, but – I can tap you in with them. They can help you get set up with building your world. And it can be, you can use it for numerous different things. You can use it as a showcase. You can use it as an online store where let's say you have, um, you know, a studio in your house or Asto studio or a showroom that you want to display your clothes. You can use a LiDAR scanner on your phone. You can scan the item and then put it in the virtual world to allow people to view it, right? And now that's a very kind of like simple way. But when you think about the online shopping experience, it's very 2D. It's very flat right now. And so you can kind of create your own worlds while you're getting all these other places ready that will help people kind of experience what it is you're building virtually. And they do that completely for free. And that you have your own domain site. So it would be like you, you can point them to your website and then people can enter your virtual space. Now, that's not connected to any of the other spaces. But just when I hear about the way you're thinking about this, it becomes really interesting to me to see what you guys might build. And I think that that would be a fire collab. So I'm going to make sure after we get off that I connect you with them. Um, just so you can see some of the examples where 
I may not have even given you the example that you'll love and you'll see something else and you'll say, oh crap, yo, we can build this or this kind of makes sense for what we have going on over here. And just when I think about what's happening in Portugal, like your Instagram is one of the most fire Instagrams in the country. I kid you not. I've spent a lot of time going through the streetwear looks and it's like the aesthetic, the way that you put it together, the choice, the angles, the colors, it's fire. And it's actually a lot different than some of the other, you know, quote unquote popular ones that I see in the country. And so thinking about you getting to tap in with a virtual world builder early is pretty exciting. Yeah, it, it does sound good. Like it's something that even for other projects, um, the thing about like getting like the 3D image of the of the product and be able to showcasing it like that would be useful. Like recently I I made like a a one-of-one piece for a, for an artist here. Um, his name is Yuri Number Five. He started like getting very popular like one and a half year ago, like two years ago, something like that. And he's basically he signed into like a very good label, and he's now like releasing music again. He had like a, a period of pause, basically. Um, and it's like the kind of guy that wants like very different stuff. Like the kind of piece that we made for him was like a hat like a bucket hat but it was like a giant bucket hat that was had like a cut um like between the top and between the thing that goes around that basically had space for his eyes so it almost looks like a giant bucket hat burka uh basically uh and like we like that piece so much that we wanted to make like um a 3d version of it um to showcase so even even for that one specific project could be like something to to try you know and yeah that's also fire give us... <laughs> yeah like i'm envisioning that what you just said that's gas <laughs> but yeah uh, i think i think it's great man i would appreciate it heck yeah heck yeah um though okay we already touched on quite a few things that i had wanted to um hear about from you there was one project that i'm actually not too familiar with so i'm hoping that you can uh <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it online here. Um, what's Naive Cloud? Okay, so Naive it's basically my most important project right now because it's kind of like an umbrella that um, will include everything else. So basically, as I told you, like things for me started like growing naturally when it comes to like um, doing freelance work for artists and brands regarding clothing. Um, to then get getting like related to um, to artists through that basically through those businesses I started like meeting more artists I started getting in the music world um, thinking like taking like some of my friends that I know I know that like they were talented and trying to help them out with like the connections that I already had um, and basically at this point or Last year, it came to a point that I was doing like a bunch of different things that included like the clothing production, that included like design projects, that included like helping artists um, with their careers in general, that including like brand consulting, um, and basically a bunch of different things. So the people that I was working with in most of the projects were the same, but we didn't have like any entity created so we came to a point that we decided okay it makes sense for us to be like an entity to not be just like the people that naturally reach out to me for help and then me assembling like a team for every specific thing instead of that let's become like a collective 
So what naive is, it's that collective. And then we have like different aspects to it. We have the lab aspect that we are like still building the website. We are like still like formalizing everything. Uh, but that's basically like an agency, like a, a product um, oriented, oriented agency. So we have like a range of services that starts like with the conceptualization of a product, with the design of a product. It goes to like the, the sourcing and the production and it goes to the content creation, either it being like e-commerce or like Instagram content or like content for campaigns, whatever. Like the people that I was working with were like people that have like the specific skill sets to, to like basically cover all of this. And that's the lab part. Um, then we have like Naive Sound, which is basically for the, the three artists that I'm working with currently. Um, and for like parties and events that we are organizing like um, the like this week and next week, there are like two parties that um, we are related to, especially the one um, that's like in the forward week uh, that we like co-organized uh, with like some some nightclubs in Porto uh, and like with brands that we already had relationship relationships with. Um, and that's basically like the other side. It's like the music side. In the future, we will also want to make like playlists and podcasts and like explore it a little more. But for now, like the focus is on like the artist's careers and on starting like making um, parties and events that we can like curate and help curate. Um, and then like Naive Cloud, the one that you talked about. Basically, it's it's a mood board page. Like um, there were like artistic content, things that um, we naturally were sharing with each other, like via DM, that we were sending each other as like references and as like basically inspiring stuff, either it being like visual artists or it being like music or it being like like a bunch of different things. Um, and we decided to like create a page to basically do it publicly. So it's kind of like a mood board page that we basically is consisted of like posts that we send to each other. And then we then like organize a little bit uh, to post on that page. And that way it's basically like a, a public uh, brainstorm thing, you know, instead of like just sharing with each other in private, we decided to, to well, do it publicly and basically yeah, I love that. use it to I connect a little bit everything. Gee, that's fire. So naive, I get it, is the the larger umbrella, and now you have clown cloud, sorry, lab and sound under it. Um, yeah, and we want very interesting in the future oh, no. for it to become like a, a bigger platform. You know, like for the people that are included in the project and for other creatives to be able to to use the platform to like release projects. Imagine that you want to make like an object, but it's like. An artistic project that we don't want you don't want to make it like a brand that you have to start from the beginning that and that you have to like to like consistently go around that concept or go around that idea it's just like a, a one-time project that you want to release but you you basically don't have like any following um you you don't have like any connections to to the public that would buy it you know uh we want to grow this um page to become like a platform that can then like be more than that, you know, that can could be like a curated store that could like include smaller projects. Um, and that way you don't have basically to grow a project from from the beginning, like to, to get like, I don't know, 100,000 followers enabled in order to sell like a bunch of stuff. You could just like 
be more spontaneous about it and use like a already built platform to 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 sell it basically or in the future like creating like exhibitions uh with artists that we we think are cool you know but we already have like that platform that can uh give the spotlight to those artists yeah you can be portugal's you can be portugal's most fire creative content house and I see it, you know, <laughs> like I, I look at the aesthetic, I see what the plan is there. And then artists will flock to that, to use that as a springboard for what they need. Man, I, that is, that is exciting. Um, you mentioned Porto, which made me think Portimao. Um, and I probably <laughs> I might be saying that poorly again, but are you, are you guys planning anything around Rolling Loud? Around Rolling Loud? Uh, not yet. Uh, to be honest, like, we have um, closer relationships with most of the other festivals because they are like uh, locally organized. Uh, while Rolling Loud is like a, an international um, organization, you know. So sometimes because of that, it's like a little bit more difficult to um, to reach out to them. But so let's um, we- let's set up a. Uh, so we we got a couple things we'll follow up with on this. I w- I would love for me to connect you with some people over there to see if there's any synergy there so that way they could have you know some somebody who's of the youth and of Portugal that could potentially add some really fire uh you know events or activations around that around that weekend so yeah that would be cool like even with contracultura um like uh, I think connected to that as well uh, could be yeah could be of interest man thank you of course g so um Yo, this has been this has been fire, man. I'm, I I really want to thank you for coming through. I know it's a little bit later in the evening there, and then you have, you know, you stay busy. I love it, man. Just like again, I said, it's someone whose drive and passion aligns very much with with my own. Before before I let you go, I have two questions I ask everybody who comes on the show. The first question is going to be, what is your seed phrase? And so seed phrase in the crypto world normally is your uh, account recovery key that you get when you set up your crypto wallet. I tell people seed phrase is just not a scary enough term because if you lose your account recovery key, you lose access to all of your funds, all of your NFTs, so on and so forth. So we're repurposing seed phrase here on Money Trees to be a saying, a quote, a slogan that you live by that represents what you stand for, that kind of embodies your approach to your career, to your craft, to your art. Joao, what is your seed phrase? That's a very difficult question. And I was thinking about it before, but um, I would say like striving with empathy would be like a a good pair of words, you know? Uh, Because like, I feel like most of my career so far, and even like, the things that I want to do with the future have to do with like helping other people, you know? Uh, so like understanding like w- what other people want and need from their side and try to like fill those gaps and like make their lives easier. I feel like it's very difficult to be successful if you're just like, you know, like focus, focus on yourself. Um, I try to do like a mix of doing like passion projects and, bring a little bit of my my own vision forward but at the same time like trying to create value for others and even from my side 
like when the ideas that I have and that I want to execute, one of the filters that I have is that is this just like for my own, you know, like pleasure or is it actually bringing like any value at all? Like, is this concept actually interesting for other people or is it just something that, that I, I want for myself? And I think like the, the mix of those things is for me like the key of, of what I want to do and how I have been doing things. Like being empathetic towards others, understanding like what they want, what they need, like, and at the same time, like put my own like vision and taste into the things because that also makes me like in terms of my own conscience, uh, I feel better about it. Like if I know that uh, it's according to my taste, but it's also according to to what other people need and want, it's it's like the perfect mix basically my guy that is fire striving with empathy the second question i have for you is we're going to have the money trees number 31 one of one note go up for sale after this episode what is the listing price going to be man 31 31 dollars wait Dollars or euros? Yeah, let, let's, let's just make it 31. <laughs> 30, 31 of whatever currency makes sense. <laughs> I got you, my G. I got you. Yo, man, I want to thank you. Did I get rugged? Hold on, am I back? Can y'all hear me? My bad. My phone is tripping. Yeah, okay, no, I got a, I got a call in the middle of that. Um, I wanted to say thank you. Um, I appreciate you coming through, spending time with us here on Money Trees. You have planted some fire seeds that we will for sure follow up on. And yeah, yeah, that's all I got for you, my G. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll be chopping more for sure. Thank you, man. You too. We need to to keep in touch more. Talk to you soon, man.